I am Mike Keller, and I watch and collect movies. Okay, perfect. So your literal description leads me right into my first question, which is, what is the difference for you mentally in thinking about I like and love and watch movies and I collect movies? What is the, what is what does the collecting look like versus the enjoying of the art? Yeah. Um, well, so I still I, 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 I now I watch some stuff on streaming. I used to be very hardcore physical media only, but I think uh, the last like three or four years I've I've finally got like a, a streaming thing that I watch. Um, so watching is. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch. There, there's a lot of stuff. I have a huge backlog of, like, stuff that I watch. I tend to watch stuff that's, like, 1999 and before. I'm, that's not, like, okay. a rule, but that's, like, the majority of what I watch is probably from, like, 1970 through 1999. You don't mean uh, to do – you don't set out, like, sort of set yourself a rule. I don't watch anything. But you're, like, looking at your pattern, and you're like, I kind of watch stuff from this 20, 30-year right. period. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's like uh, – like I'll definitely watch stuff from before that, but once you start getting into like the two thousands, I'm just it's I, I don't know. I'll, there's still a ton of great films from that decade and then the next decade, but it's just like in general, like the sensibility of '90s movies. I really that, that's just that's when I was growing up. That's what I really like, and there's still a ton of stuff I haven't seen, so I really I catch up with that a lot. Um, and then '70s and '80s, there's just so much gold there too that it's it's always like tons of stuff to watch. I'm, I'm a big horror fan. And so that's the eighties is like the decade for that. Um, but, but yeah, so in terms of watching, that's, that's what I tend to watch and then collecting. Yeah. I, um, I originally like would only buy movies that I had seen. Um, and then once, you know, kind of, Again, I was that how it movie. worked out? Was that how it worked out? Or did you set that as a rule? Like kind of had a rule. I have to have seen the movie to go get like, I need to go see it in theaters before I'm going to go buy right. it or whatever. No, it, it wasn't even a rule. It was just, it made sense. I was like, why would I spend $20 on a movie if I haven't seen it? And then why would I buy a movie if I don't want to watch it over and over again? Um, which I think is how most people used to approach movie collecting. Um, but I, I just like once the video stores, so I had, there was a video store in Overland Park and uh called hollywood at home video and i would go there all the time and they closed in 2013 um and right before that the video store that i had gone to when i was going to school in lawrence uh was called miracle video which was one of the best video stores i've ever been to it was was a wonderful place um but they closed november of 2013 well they both by happenstance both these places your childhood video store and the one that was in your college town they both went the same year yeah. Well, and so, and Hollywood at home wasn't actually my childhood. It was more like maybe high school. Okay. Um, so I do have a treasured, you know, uh, childhood video store as well, but that one had, that had long closed by the time 2013 rolled around. Um, but yeah, like once they closed, I was like, I'm either going to have to, de- you know, de- de- depend on, you know, streaming or piracy or buying movies, uh, to, to get movies. And, um, I didn't, I've just never liked the idea of, uh, like renting things digitally. I've done it on a handful of occasions, um, like through Amazon Prime or stuff like that. Uh, I just never, I, I don't know. I just, it never took to that. And uh, so I was like, any, well. What about, so I know my default, I, it's incredibly convenient, but you can tell like uh, when you buy games for a PlayStation or an Xbox on the PlayStation store, or the Microsoft store, they just charge you max MSRP. If you were to go to the GameStop okay. down the road, they would charge you $20 for this used game, but you're like, oh, do you want to buy it on your Xbox? It's $65 forever. Right. 
So the rental on these movies that clearly no one's watching will be three, four, five dollars. And I'm like, this thing's sitting there with no one renting this. You just set the price and walk away. What is right. that's the reason I don't like necessarily why were you like, I don't renting online, it's not the same thing. Well, I, and I guess it probably started with, I don't like to buy a digital copy of a movie. Okay. And so then it just logically, I don't have the platform set up. I'm not logged in to watch a movie. Like for the longest time, I was not, I had, I didn't have a Roku. I didn't have my computer plugged into my TV. And so it was just like, well, I'm not going to rent a movie and watch it on my computer. I'm not going to buy a movie and then not own it. Because yeah. that's the thing with, um, if you buy them through uh, iTunes or whatever, I don't even know what people do. But like, um, you know, even if you pay 10, 20 bucks for it, as soon as they decide they're shifting something around with the business, then you could lose that. And so that's just, you know, I've definitely wasted a lot of money on this hobby, but that would be like really too blatant for me to, to withstand. Um, At least but, you'll uh, waste something on a, a thing. They're going to send you the thing. Or you're going to go in a store and buy the thing and you get to hold the thing as opposed to like, I'm going to spend a bunch of digital money out there that they could just make vaporize any moment. Precisely. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's If I can hold it in my hand, that's uh, it means something special as opposed to uh, just having it, you know. In, in some sort of a digital folder that I can access or whatever. I, again, I don't really know how that all works. <laughs> um, I do streaming. <laughs> like I have a streaming platform. Um, I, I use a couple, uh, but in terms of like the digital, like even with music, I just never did that. I never did, you know, I would download MP3s, but I would never pay. For, I would rarely pay for uh, MP3 downloads. Okay. So all these video stores close, you decide I'm not so much into the buying stuff digital. So I need to find a new way. So where did you go next? Like I'm going to feed my habit for, for the stored media this way. So when the video stores closed, both of them had these big clearance sales and I started to build it. That's actually, that's right when I started buying movies that I hadn't seen because I was like, well, I've always wanted to rent this. This has always been on the shelf and I've never gotten to it. Now it costs $5 or, or even less. Some of the miracle video stuff I got for like $2. Um, and I was like, well, I'll pick it up now. And it'll be just like, I, you know, rented it in the future. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so that, that really ballooned my collection. I probably bought about a hundred movies that year. Whereas before my entire collection was probably about a hundred, you know, either movies or TV show seasons or something. Um, but, uh, the yeah, that's was the question like when did it uh, or what did I decide? I can't remember. What you yeah, said. no, when you switched over, and that's interesting. You had like a hundred you'd bought probably on sale or full price over the years, and then you got there's this fire sale that went on at this place. <clears throat> Is that where the collecting really felt like it started? Like uh, I got yeah. this huge bulk of things, and it was fun to do that. Yes. So that was it. It was it was basically before then I bought my favorite movies or I bought my favorite TV shows. And that was my collection. And it was kind of like your bookshelf where it's like, if you don't like the book, you sell it, you know, or if, if you even bought it in the first place. Um, and so that it was like, it was a very curated thing. And then when I had all these titles, like one of the things I bought, do you remember that TV show cheaters? Uh, yeah, it was, it's like, it was so bad. It's, it's good. Yeah. I yeah. love, I totally watch cheaters. Yeah. Yeah. And so I bought like, it was like <laughs> for $3, I bought a season. I mean, I think it was like the best of cheaters because I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm mildly interested in watching that at some point in the future. And, and that was you know, one I, reality TV. One person thinks someone's cheating on them. So they get the host to, to go confront them. Right. It's all based and on then, the Yeah, they go confront them like often in the act um, and uh, very trashy. And it's also that's not at all my usual fare. But it was like that's one I remember. It's like, why is this in my collection? That would have never been something that I would have been like, this is part of my, you know, uh, well curated shelf. And so but yeah, and I just all of a sudden I had all this like. Some stuff it was great. Some of the stuff I bought, some of it was junk, and I, 
I also liked having a piece of those stores with me still. Like I left the price tag stickers on it and yeah. um, I still have most, almost all of those. Some of the, some of the discs were in really bad condition. And so I've kind of weeded them out as I've upgraded and that type of thing. But, um, but yeah, so that was where kind of the willy nilly collecting started. And then I, what I would do for a while is I would find stuff on Amazon. I don't think I had any sort of organization to it, but Amazon would have DVDs for like, you know, $5. Or Target used to have a really nice little section where like you could get DVDs and Blu-rays for like five bucks or even maybe sometimes less. And so I started to just pick stuff up there where it was like, I don't necessarily love that movie, but I liked that movie and I'd like to see it again someday. And so the collection just started to grow. And so... I went from, you know, that pretty small, maybe 100, maybe 200 to now I have like at least 1600 individual movies. <laughs> Some of them are part of box sets. Yeah. Um, and then also probably another hundred or so seasons of television. Um, and then not to mention probably about a hundred VHS tapes um, and all that stuff. So it's just gotten really big and yeah, we, yeah. Anyways, that's, so that's a long answer, but no, no, it's a good answer. Um, and I'm curious. So for instance, books, like you could say, there's a bunch of books behind. I have gone through periods where I tried to collect complete like world literature. I'm going to start from the beginning of human civilization and read these books from a long time ago. And I did that for a few years. It was really fun, but like, you're not going to read all of world literature. It wasn't going to happen. So eventually those got weeded out. What's happened now is most of the books up here. I have not read and most of them I want to read. So I have this experience where I turn and face the bookshelf and it's exciting, but also it's you're it's like, oh, crap, I rem- I want to read. I want to read like it's all books I want to read. I had to remove them from my bedroom because I would find <laughs> them distracting. You're trying to go to sleep. Stressful. And, yeah, you're like, oh, I want I still want to read that. That's why it's on my shelf. Uh, you cannot have the time to watch. How many of the 1600 do you think you've watched at least once? Maybe most of them. And then where does the. Are you completist in that you're trying to finish, like, I want this spate of of uh, 1970s horror movies, or I want this director complete, or is it the stuff really every single thing you're supposed to watch at some point? Yeah, so I would say of the collection I've watched, I've definitely seen at least once uh, probably two-thirds of the movies. So there's, at this point, there's, and it's, it's called a blind buy when I buy a movie that I haven't um, seen. That's kind of like, we can we can get into it later. There's there's a forum, the Blu-ray.com forums, which is like a collector's you know forum. It really enables uh, this spending and this habit. Um, but that's uh, they. It's like a blind buy if you haven't ever seen it before and you buy it. And it is point, gruesome because if you're in those, if you're in if you're in online uh, forums where people are talking about stuff, everybody asks like, "What are the five movies I haven't seen? I should or like, what are the best five? And you're like, "Crap, I've only seen three of those." So then, right, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, and then and then you listen to podcasts, and they're recommending these movies that are you know um, hard to find or or like it it's rare, and you're you're thinking I, I don't know, yeah, it just the the lists swell and swell. But I keep up pretty well. But at this point, I'm I'm probably a few hundred titles, if not more, uh, behind. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I also have a lot of books, and so it's the same. I know exactly that feeling you're talking about, where it's like, oh yeah, I bought that uh, 20 years ago, and I still intend to read it someday. Yes. It, who knows. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, it's actually tougher. So that was the thing about music. Like I had music and it's very easy to consume music in. You can listen to one song. You can listen to a whole album. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's way. And then movies and TV shows. Now you're sitting down for more time. If you're going to watch the movie, it's a two hour commitment. And now you're, and then the book, the biggest commitment of all, like especially if there's. 
it's a work of literature you want to read, but it's going to be hard to get through. Like, it's just going to take a long time. Music's the easiest. Do you have, how do you manage the time in watching these movies? Do you have enough time to watch movies or are you constantly like trying to squeak in around the job and your other responsibilities, trying to squeak in time to see the stuff? Yeah. Well, so I used to be, um, pretty well able to keep up. Okay. Uh, it, it wasn't much of an issue. I had a lot of free time, uh, <laughs> especially during COVID. I watched like 400 movies in 2020. Oh, nice. Um, and I, I keep a little list of everything I watch. Um, and uh, it's gotten less. I, I have a kid now. He's uh, 16 months about, maybe just a little over 16 months. And um, so that's made time tight. I used to also have a rule that if I sat down and started a movie, I finished the movie. I didn't um, like break it up into like multiple evenings. Sure. Um, that's gotten a lot harder. So I've, I've started splitting stuff up more um, uh, in recent years. So yeah, it's, I, I still, I, I mean, I, I, I think so far this year we're wearing like, late August, I think I'm up to at least 150 that I've seen. So I still have found the time for quite a few movies, but I probably also have bought 150 movies this year uh, (laughs) or received as gifts. Um, And so I'm not really keeping up with um, like as they're coming in, but I need money's also gotten tighter too. And so I need to like really shift from like just collecting and then sort of keeping up to really like stop spending all this money and like, just go like I've, I've built this bunker and now I just should live in it instead of, you know, stockpiling, uh, continuing to stockpile. Yeah, I do. And I go through those cycles and sometimes they last years where there'll be a period where I'm like, I'm not buying anything more. I just read the books I have, but then it's just like that fire sale at that video store. You go to a library's used book sale, you go to a used bookstore, right. and something's three bucks or five bucks. And then before you know it, it's a couple months later and you're going to another bookstore and you get a couple books and, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can so easily buy five books in five minutes. Yeah. And then that would take you a, maybe a full year to read, you know, depending on what you get. Uh, um, yeah. And just the same way with movies, like the, the there'll be websites will have these sales and you'll pick up a bunch of movies for $10 a pop. And then I continue, I still have not watched movies that I bought five years ago. Um, but I'm still interested in watching all of these movies. And so like, I haven't, I haven't really developed a system where I've been like it's time like a, a friend of mine he's he's doing a an alphabet project where he he has a a smaller collection but he collects he's got quite a few movies and so he's been just going through from a to z and you know i think every fourth movie he watches has to be from his shelf and he has to watch everything and I, he's on i think he's on k or something he's been doing it for several years um but he's very systematic about it and then it's like i need to do something similar but if i did that i would be 87 before i got to to k <laughs> so it is so. i have that same propensity your friend's inclination to like that was my world literature thing where i'm like i'm going to read the beginning yeah. i'm going to start with gilgamesh or whatever and work my way through all of history and it's fun but i mean you get derailed after a while and as you said it's an unfinishable project so unless you're going to mm-hmm. set yourself benchmarks you're really just setting yourself up for a lifetime thing of never finishing which i guess some people are attracted to but if he's gotten through k already dude's killing it oh yeah he'll he'll get there for sure um and then i guess the other thing so there is like there is almost some stress like what we're talking about we're trying to keep up but at the same time the having the collection and i i had it in boxes for a few years i used to have some video shelves that i actually salvaged from hollywood at home um and then when i moved from one apartment to another they were getting really shoddy they were getting to be in pretty poor shape and so they did not make the move and so for about four years i had all my movies just in these big tubs that i bought at office depot or max or whatever and um 
I finally, this year, I got some shelves at Ikea, four huge shelves, which was almost enough for the full collection. It was enough for my Blu-ray and DVD, but my VHS tapes are still in a tub, uh, two tubs, I guess. Um, but anyways, so there is the stress of the, it's like, oh, I'll never keep up with this and all this, but being able to just sit in a chair and look at a wall of all these movies and have my own little video store, um, it. It's like a very, I, I sometimes do that. Maybe I'll be listening to a podcast or something and I'll just go and I'll rearrange my shelves or like having the collection is also part of the joy of the, the whole thing. So. I, yeah. I could, have you seen uh TikToks or YouTube videos people have done where they have built in their basement, like a video store. It's got yes. all the lighting, all the props register, the whole thing. Yes. That is the dream. Uh, so <laughs> The house that I'm currently that we're currently living in, um, like it's it's fine, but it's it's not our forever house. And so once I get to the forever house, that is either in the basement or in an you know upper bedroom or something to have. I, I don't think I'll go as deluxe as some of the ones I've seen, although they're incredible. I love like I love watching those videos. Um, but uh, yeah, like having basically just recreating an old video store, and, and also so my kid can walk in and you know I'm gonna have a little shelf for him. Um, and uh, he can he can get to do what I got to do when I was a kid, which was walk in, spend some time looking at all these crazy covers, wondering what all these stories were, and then he can pull the one he's interested in and watch that. And um, you know that was like that was also I guess you know I, I mentioned the video stores, but that was a huge part of my childhood was going to the library and going to video stores and just browsing. I loved I loved just being around all the movies. I loved the art and just yeah, uh, that's part of why i panicked in 2013 and then you know created this you know sort of uh half video store type of situation uh in my in my basement but you had i mean you had one strong not so much a strong opinion but like i don't really like it the buying and the renting online the not having a physical copy the physical copies i worked for um a dvd so home entertainment magazine was like a subsidiary of kind of the hollywood community back in southern california it was for video stores, but obviously by the time I hit it, the, all that was left was a handful of independents, and it, mm-hmm. everything was mostly Hollywood and Blockbuster. And then Hollywood yeah. was gone, and it was just Blockbuster, and then everybody was gone. So it was the dwindling of it, but the switch to online, so most people don't – I mean, you still go to Target and Walmart and places, and they do have DVDs and Blu-rays, but I don't know – and people probably buy them on Impulse – but you can see it got smaller. Do you feel really strongly that this in 20 years, if they stop making DVDs and Blu-rays, like you could switch over to I'm fine with a digital thing. I'll have a file. I'll put a file somewhere. Or is that just going to really hurt not having the thing? Yeah, I've got to have the thing. Like in, in terms of like I, I can watch a streaming movie uh, and just like how I can go to a theater and spend money to watch the movie there. Um but I'm, my hope is that it's like vinyl, where it has this kind of a lull. And then obviously, the music has lost, physical media-wise, they've lost you know, a ton of the market. I think, as far as I understand it, most everything's on streaming. Um, but, but there's still vinyl releases, and so there's still the holdouts that still get the thing that they can play. And um, so yeah, my hope is that even 20 years down the road, that it's still, you can still get a player you know, to play your discs, you can, your discs will hopefully hold up for quite a while. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been depressing even like, so target has like, you know, very, you know, they've winnowed down their, their movies section to, you know, I, I think it's like maybe a racket, my, my local one, but even Best Buy, which used to be, you know, a third of the floor 
was just shelf after shelf of DVDs. Because when I was in high school, that was kind of the DVD boom. It was like the early 2000s where, you know, VHS had been big and then DVD was just like this huge, like everybody just had huge DVD collections. It was really strange. Um, But to me, it seemed completely normal. Like that's just what I was used to. Um, But anyhow, yeah, now Best Buy has like chopped it down to like, maybe on Black Friday, they'll put up like a little cardboard stand or two. But otherwise, the two that I go to... um, it's, I don't know, maybe three or four small rows. It doesn't even take up, like, I don't know, one sixteenth of the... St- I, I, it's very small. <laughs> and in very recent memory, um, and again, maybe I was hypersensitive to this because we were looking at the way it was merchandised, but these movies were loss leaders, and they Target was trying to get people in to buy the movie from them. Um, each month, they had movies that had... There's extra stuff. You get a figurine, you get a poster, it has a different cover, it's got a different featurette on it about the making right. of, and it's only exclusive to this store. So they were clearing, drawing people in with just those movies, and every week, I feel like there are people who would go in and buy whatever the new movies are all the time, and I don't know anybody who goes in weekly to buy movies out of a retailer anymore. Yeah. Well, they, they still exist. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, tend, I tend to not to buy things on, like, the first day. Um, but just be, I mean, because, you know, if you buy as much as I do, it just doesn't. And also if you have a limited budget as I do, um, it doesn't make sense to pay the full price right away. Um, typically stuff will come down within a few months and you can get, if it's something like you're really wanting, that's brand new, uh, you can get, you know, a a pretty good deal on it. Uh, especially for black Friday, like the big blockbuster movies, Amazon will have those or Best Buy will have those. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was totally different back back in you know the mid 2000s right um because i remember doing that like it would be tuesday the new movies were out and you would go to best buy and you'd pick up you know i think one of the ones i remember buying on day one was when uh it's the the weird owl movie uh uhf i don't know if you've seen that one yeah so that was that had been a favorite of mine on vhs and it had gotten extremely hard to find on vhs like even like early night so it came out i think in 89 maybe 88 um, but by the time I was in my weird Al phase in like the early to mid nineties, um, which I'm still, I've never left that phase for the record. Um, but, uh, the tape, the one tape that my video store had was getting fuzzier and fuzzier, like for, and it was kind of eating into the back of the movie. Um, and then they, that, that store was sold to movie gallery and then movie gallery sold, um, all the tapes off, like, like a lot of the old inventory. So anyhow, I could not see that movie there. This was before, I guess eBay existed maybe, uh, by the, uh, anyhow, in, in 2003 or four UHF finally came to DVD. And I remember I either went to Best Buy or comp USA. If you remember comp USA. Oh God, I um, love comp USA. Yeah. yeah. And I went there and I bought that on day one. It was a, it was like a little deluxe DVD set, which since then the movies come out on Blu-ray. I have the Blu-ray. I also have a VHS that I purchased just for nostalgia's sake off of eBay. <laughs> so I got that on three formats now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, typically I, I maybe because I used to buy like just my favorites, that's maybe when I would do like the day one purchase. Whereas now with this, with blind buying and all this type of stuff, plus with like less interest in new movies, I, I tend to not to buy um, like, you know, right away. I'll just, I'll, I'll wait until like my favorite of the, you know, handful come out or they're on sale for black Friday or something. Okay. Let me see if there's any pain. So there could be pain in two ways. I think we talked about one of them with collecting it's, um, you collect these things. If you're collecting, like I used to have a relative who collected dreidels from all over the world. We well, didn't have to do anything with these dreidels. They're artistic. They're 
of the abstract representation of a dreidel. You take it and you put it there and then you look at it. You don't have to do anything with it. But yeah. music and movies and books, you, the joy, you're supposed to interact with them. This is my argument about uh, uh, the adult obsession often with these toys and keeping them in boxes. I'm like, a toy is to be played with and pulled out and messed with. I get the putting yeah. it in the box, but a movie is for watching. Uh, do, do you... Do you wrestle with aggravation or stress or guilt or regret about not consuming these things? Or it doesn't bother you. Like, it's just, it's nice to have them there. I consume them at my own pace. It's fine. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely, there's there's the stress. Um, like, like, you know, I obviously, uh, I have higher priorities than watching the movies, but there's, there's this, Oh, there's this thing where it's like every night it'll get to be like nine or nine 30. And I'm like, do I have enough time to watch a movie tonight? <laughs> and then like, or should I spend some time, you know, like the dishes are done. All the, all the stuff is done. Um, sometimes I'll like watch a movie with my wife, uh, but she's not a huge movie person. Um, and so typically I'll just kind of like sneak down into the basement, watch a movie. And, and then she's upstairs and she's watching something or, um, uh, but yeah, so there, there is like, I'll make lists. I, I used to do this before, especially before, uh, my son. Um, but I would make a list of like, this is all the movies I'm going to try to get through this month. This is what's leaving streaming that I want to see. So there's like maybe a dozen there. And then this is, I'm, I'm watching all of the David Lynch movies this month, or I'm going to watch like, you know, I don't know by theme or like, uh, even just stuff where it's like, I heard about it on a podcast. So I'm going to try to get to these while they're still fresh in my head. Like I want to see them. Um, cause that's another thing too, is I'll hear about a movie. I will pick it up like in a sale or I'll pick it up cheap somewhere. And then I don't remember why I got it. And it's like, oh, I know, I know sort of what the movie is, but I'm like, why did I buy this? Like what, what, who, who recommended this to me or something like that? Uh, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, there's, there's some stress there, like making time for it. I've had to compromise like my watching a whole movie in one sitting type of thing. I used to turn my phone off and sit and watch an entire movie. Like that was my rule for yeah. enjoying the movie. It had to be as much like a theater. Um, and then now it's like, I'll have my phone out typically. And I, I, I don't, I, I pause the movie. So that's maybe, I think that's something that a lot of people don't do just judging by friends and, and my wife that like, if I'm, if I get a text message, I pause the movie, I respond to the text message and then I start the movie again. That's so, um, tw- that's so uh, <laughs> 2000s, man. Yeah. Don't we all have yeah. our tablets and laptops and phones in front of yeah, everybody's got their <laughs> a second screen. Every time they're watching this, there's something else. Right. Yeah, and I just I can't divide. I've never been good at dividing my attention. Um, and and I don't like. I, I there's actually there's times where if I see a movie with friends and or there's like like at a friend's house, not at a yeah. theater, or I don't know. There have been times that have come up where I will start a movie, something happens, but I didn't pause it or something like this. And I get to the end and I do not add that to my list of movies that I've seen. Cause I don't count it as a movie scene. If I didn't sit and watch the whole thing, you like, right. you know, I'll allow for blinking. Um, but other than that, it's like, no, I should watch, like somebody put a lot of work into this, right. you know, this, uh, especially if it's a movie that's like divisive or something uh, that people like have hot takes on. Um, I don't consider it. Like I saw it unless I sat and I watched it quietly and then, you know, you more don't or less want to establish your hot take. If people fall on hard one side, you're like, I need to give this the full attention. Right. It deserves the full attention. Right. And I think because there's too many movies that I like that I feel like people like you have to sit and watch them. You have to focus on them. Uh, if you don't give it that chance, then you haven't seen the movie like you haven't uh, um, given it, it. You know, you can't give a fair reaction to it because you haven't really given it the time that it 
it needs. Um, You know, albums, a single person, a singer songwriter with one instrument at their beck and call can just go and record something. So I record stuff. It's super easy. If you want to write a novel that requires you and something to put the novel on. Movies like uh, Broadway plays or, uh, you know, circus shows require many moving parts. And the effort, the money and the effort that goes into any movie, I think I heard a hint of this, which is, I mean, you have some respect for the effort that was put into this movie. Do you tend to be somebody who doesn't go, there's real strong push for everybody to have super, something super awesome or super crappy. I think it's something super crappy. There's still some low benchmark, which is, they put a lot of effort into that and a lot of people worked on it and maybe too many cooks in the kitchen or there's something flawed with the screenplay or whatever. They rushed it at the end. How do you evaluate? Are you very kind about your evaluations when you're looking at movies? Yeah, I think, I think yes and no. I think, (laughs) I think because I do appreciate how much effort it takes to make a movie. um, I think that there are some movies where I'm like, you know, it's maybe it's a failure, but it's an ambitious failure. Like I, I do really, I like those movies. Um, uh, I'm trying to think like Jupiter ascending was one of the Wachowskis. Oh did yeah. Flawed that but like didn't look like anything else. They're trying to make yeah. an original sci-fi movie outside of a, the normal franchises. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was fun and I had a good enough time with it that, I, you know, I felt people were kind of unfair um, to that one. I'm trying to, I, that is like, that's a thing that I really like, but at the same time, if I don't get the feeling that people tried to make this movie. If I feel that a movie, you know, they got the money together to do this, but then they they squandered it. Or the, if, the, if the problem I have with a lot of uh, more recent indie films is they just, if as soon as everybody moved away from actual film, like celluloid, yes. um, they got into digital stuff. And digital at now is at a point where it can look fantastic. Um, but if you don't do the makeup correctly, if you don't light correctly, if you don't think about the shots you're, you're, you're doing, um, and you just think it's like, well, it's a digital camera. We can, we can fix this with CGI or we can just point it here. And if, if I sense that they're not making it like a film, uh, I can be really hard on movies that are probably fine, but then I, I, you know, we'll take a hard stance against them because it's like, no, they, you know, they could have done so much better. Or it's also, you know, even if I appreciate some more recent indies, if they look really bad, like if they look like a low budget TV show, it is yeah. very hard for me to feel like I'm evaluating a film as opposed to like, like a TV show. Like, you know, uh, my wife watches a lot of Hallmark movies and like some of those movies are perfectly fine. Um, and they're very different from what I normally watch anyways. So it's not like they're for me. Like, they don't care if I like those movies. They're just cheesy um, genre. Some person, some people like to watch Law and Order. Some people like to watch the Hallmark movies. They're re- right. they're repetitive and formulaic. That's fine. Yeah. So yeah, they're totally fine. But the ones that look like they put a little production, you know, yeah. muscle into, uh, I tend to enjoy those more. Whereas there, there's some, especially some of the older ones, um, maybe from like when digital video was newer. Um, it's just like it's it's there's like a grayness to everything like the light feels kind of drained out or the color feels dull and i just if you watch film if you watch old movies um you know there are some where that was a, a stylistic choice uh to to kind of drain some of the the energy or the uh, the color or the light uh but for the most part everything looks so much more vibrant and real and um yeah i don't uh, yeah I, I can't even remember what the original question was. oh the, how i evaluate movies so yeah, yeah i think i can i can be kind uh, and, and be, I can be very generous to movies where I, 
I'm feeling it. And then if there's a movie that's put me off in some of my weird particular ways, I can be extremely hard on it. (laughs) It is so interesting you mentioned I am not always very sensitive. I'm sensitive to I enjoy the way something looks, but I don't really fixate on it. Other things I'm more focused on. Character, the overall ideas in it, the story, Mm -hmm. the characters, not so much the way it looks or sounds. Sometimes I I lose that. Uh, There's a lot of complaint. Now, I think reasonably, like a lot of these movies look good. So stylistically, they're really interesting. Like, uh, and I'm going to, I'll crap on it. You're free. A24 movies, I, I, you can't get more overrated for me. I sit in, especially the horror movies, I sit and watch this and like, there's no story. Nothing's happening. Yeah. This is interesting, unsettling things. There's nothing happening. Is this like an art film? I don't get it. Um, tell me your take on I think things have gotten with story things, especially in movies. TV shows have always been flabby. They're too long. They have to produce too many episodes and so they have to put flab in because they have to fulfill a certain run. We're getting paid for this many episodes. We have to put mm-hmm. but a movie, two hours, they're getting longer. And a lot of times you're just looking at entire scenes, you're like, why is this happening? This didn't need to happen. Move on. Right. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. How do you react to plot and stuff like that versus style? Yeah. No, it's extremely uh so yeah, that's that's there's many there's many responses I guess in there, but yes, I definitely I can hardly watch TV now. Okay, um, like the prestige TV shows, like uh, I can't even think of some Succession. But it's, I haven't I haven't tried that one, okay. so I won't dunk on that one specifically. But <laughs> like some of the my ones brother's that watching like, Suits, and Suits is about this dude who okay. didn't go to law school who then winds up in a law firm and he has to pre- he has to pretend he went to school and he has to try to get out of all his lies and. It just goes on so long with so many episodes on the same story track. Yeah. Well, and like there's, there's, so with TV specifically, uh, there's like a formula that I feel like came out of HBO um, where like people were like, this is what serious television feels like. And so then you'll watch a show from 10 years later and they do that thing. Like you're saying, there's a lot of filler um, and it's like, this could have been a fine 90 minute film, but we had to make a 10 episode or an eight episode season. And so we had to do all these various little things. And, uh, I don't know. It, it just feels very For formulaic a serious show. We have to have a lot of episodes that, that go into a character. We didn't see much, you know, this one guy right. who like gave him the bread and there was a good, a minute and a half yeah. scene. We have to have a 90 minute episode about that guy who gave him the bread. That's interesting. Yeah. Serious shows go off on tracks. Like these directors from the eighties and nineties were really good at cr- like weaving unrelated stories in. And that was a style, right? They're like obsessed with that. Ooh, let's look yeah. at all the strands coming off the story. Yeah. And it, and it feels like filler in, in the handful of shows that I've tried. And I, I, I hardly watch any TV, so I, I shouldn't be speaking, you know, about trends and television necessarily. But, uh, but as for film, like you mentioned, a 24, um, there are a handful of A24 films that are like some of the best movies that have come out in the last decade. There have been like, some I liked. That's true. Yeah. And, but, but you're, you're right that there's like, there's also, there's some that are the most infuriating movies that I've seen in the last decade because I can't think of even what the, the name of the, the film was, but uh, it was a horror film where there was supposed to be like some sort of creatures out in the woods. Okay. And they like, nothing happened in the film. And like, it was like, I guess that was supposed to be the point. Um, but I remember my friend and I walking out of it and I like just being very mad because it's like, there's, there's part of the fun of a slow horror film, uh, is the suggestion that it's building to something. Right. And then when they don't even give you that, you just feel like 
so deflated and and mad like I, I was just like it's like no i don't have to like your movie like just because you you know have been to a film school and you know how to do these shots and you have watched these films that are in this style like like the i think sometimes i feel i don't know this but that the filmmaker thinks like oh if it's slow and deliberate and very carefully you know uh staged then it must be good because it's like so many of these old films that are fantastic they're like this and so then it must be it's, it's i guess the same thing i was saying about with hbo like they saw a good show and then they thought that the certain stylistic elements of that show or film were what made it good not the characters not yes. the plot not the you know, the, you know, the themes um and so yeah that i'll get upset about that as well um <laughs> What about another weird thing is people are consuming media um, and I do this too. I'm consuming media on my phone in shorter and shorter bits. So I'm not very disciplined about the fact that I need to sit down my attention. Sometimes I get up and wander from a movie. A movie seems long unless it's really Mm -hmm. gripping. Um, There's stuff like, especially in horror, this is infected horror in the past 10, 15 years is creepy pasta stuff. So the whole pitch Mm -hmm. on TikTok is what if there's this spooky monster and we're going to have a 30 second TikTok video or a three and a half minute YouTube video about something creepy that could happen in your house or something creepy that could happen outside. And then somebody sees that and they think, oh, we can make that a movie. Like not necessarily you can't. That idea is really cool for 90 seconds, but there's not 90 minutes in that. And so I think there's, they come up with an idea and it's not, they just like you said, it sounds good. It looks good. But there's no substance there. Nothing happens. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and fortunately, I have seen so many hundreds of terrible horror movies <laughs> from too, all yeah. eras that, like, I, I do think things feel worse now than than I imagine they used to be. But at the same time, I could point to a lot of old movies from like the '60s, the '70s, the '80s, where it's like, man, <laughs> that was bad. That was just really bad. Uh, but the but a key difference. There's there's this thing. Uh, there are a handful of movies you could say from we'll say the 80s that are just painfully slow. But there is this thing where it's like it feels smart to be slow now. And so we're gonna make what could have been maybe a 90 minute horror film. Um, we're gonna make that two hours and 15 minutes for some reason. And and it just becomes something that again with a little with some editing or just some tweaks or something could have been just a nice fun movie. Uh, or just a forgettable, you know, the type of type of movie um, becomes something that re- you remember as a particularly painful experience <laughs> that you're upset about still. Um, but but yeah, yeah, I, I guess like and they they have always had movies that were like based off of some weird trend, you know. So TikTok is where it would come from now, maybe. But you know, there would be I don't know some pop song back in the day that they would attach a movie to for some reason, and then it would be you know, maybe not a horror film, but like you know. There, there have always been awful, awful films, which is good. No, you are exactly right. It, it's <laughs> like in any moment, it feels like these things are especially weird or different. But you're right. They're not especially things. Again, horror got known for exploitation, which is literally just like, yeah. what are people talking about? We need to make a bunch of movies about that because we want right, to make yeah. money. You guys want to make money, right? <laughs> uh, last thing, because you said you're particularly into horror. Um, I have mm-hmm. had a couple. Um, I am reacting Three quick movies I'll throw out. There's a movie about two kids. This is straight out of a creepypasta off the internet. It's a movie. um, It's more than an hour, 90 minutes. not too long. But it's really weird and atmospheric, and it's two kids stuck in a house, and the windows are gone. So Mm, the parents are... Okay. um, Skinamarink. Yeah, Skinamarink. Yeah. My friend hated it, and I watched it, and I'm like, 
Uh, it was really unsettling, and I liked the pitch because it was kids, and kids don't understand what's going on. The whole thing was just so weird and not like other horror movies. Like, I liked it. Uh-huh. Uh, so, okay, I'll get your take on that. I cannot get through Midsummer, So I can't. Okay. It is so slow. And so I literally on internet, I do this sometimes, especially with horror movies. I just, I, I, I shoot ahead to the last 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, so what happens at the end? Because I don't care about the rest of this. I don't care about yeah. the characters. So I don't yeah. watch this unfold. And then my last, I'm throwing, this will be my third of the observations. Child's Play 1 and 2, I remember them being so bad. And then my 14-year-old desperately wanted to watch them for some reason. Like, Chucky was back on TV. There was a TV show. Yeah. About, and I'm like, these movies are good. The people who are acting in them, yeah, they chew the scenery and it's a ridiculous setup. But these people take very seriously. There's a talking, murderous doll. All the actors and actresses take it incredibly seriously. So suspension of disbelief is possible in a ridiculous situation where people should not be reacting this way. But I completely believe it. So I don't know. Hot Three hot takes. How do you feel about those three movies? Sure. No, Skin and Rink is a really interesting one. And that is, I'm glad you mentioned those are all movies I've seen. So I can oh, good. give a review. Um, but yeah, I did watch it. And that was one where I, I did actually sit. I had I didn't have my phone off, but I, I was in my completely dark basement. I had it on headphones because the air conditioner is loud. So I, I got the full sound experience. Because that one is very, it's it, to me, it feels more like an ambient yeah. movie You can't experience. hear what people are saying. There's noise and sound. It's just at the edge of hearing. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, it's, so I would not say it's a great film. I wouldn't really champion it, but I don't think it was awful. I think it just, it makes an interesting experience. And I, I think, uh, my mind was going as I was watching it. And I think part of it, part of what's going to scare people with that is what you bring to it and what your, where your mind goes with, cause it, for people who don't know that movie is almost entirely, I think it's an hour and 40 minutes of shots from various angles of an empty house in the dark. Um, and it's just like a, maybe like a condo or a regular suburban house looking place. It's not like a spooky old mansion. Right. Um, and just, there's a few little jump scares and, but other, other than that, I don't know that I pulled together, like here's exactly what's happening in this. Oh, film. no way. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but, but no, I thought it was like, it was an interesting experience and I would be curious to see that those filmmakers apply kind of that style experiment to maybe a more straightforward uh, narrative. I think, I think there was like, there was something interesting about the film. I'd be curious to see where they go next. Just yeah, like, because not I agree. a sequel, but like my friend fixates on story. And as he mm-hmm. correctly points out, there is no story to that thing. Right. I, I, there's just no plot. <laughs> Things are happening, but they're not interconnected and you can't, you could piece them together using your imagination, which is probably the point of it. That's their argument. You don't know yep. what's going on. So you're going to have to fill in the blanks. I get it. Yeah, and that's and with horror, that's uh, can be a really fun thing. Like what you what you bring to it. Like you know, you, somebody can describe their nightmare to you, and you're just like, okay, I don't really see how that's scary. But like when they were in that nightmare, it was completely terrifying because what you know what X means to them uh, is pulling this emotion out or something. Um, so yeah, I thought it was interesting in that way. Uh, Hereditary. I'm not a huge. I think it's Ari Oster. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. Is Aster, Oster? But, is it Hereditary um, and Midsummer both by the same person? Are they both? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Midsummer. But no, That's I right. had yeah, the yeah. same thing with Hereditary. I started watching. I'm like, I'm bored. Just show me what happens. Yes. Who dies at the end? Well, okay. See, and I, I definitely, I saw uh, Hereditary in the theater. Um, Midsummer, I watched at home. I think, I, yeah, that I, I was like, 
part part of the problem was there was this huge hype for both of those that movies that I didn't get yes. there before the hype. I got there kind of after. And so that's always a little bit of a letdown because you're really expecting like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or or whatever. Um, and then you get, you know, uh, something different. So I haven't rewatched either of those. Um, but my initial take on on Midsummer was that like it was fine, but it was too long in my opinion. Um, and so yeah, it, it kind of I think he's I think that director is right on the border of like the A twenty four indulgence. Like he's he's like it's he's got enough going on where I'm like I'm interested, but then it's just like almost just too much like I don't know style over substance or whatever. Um, however, his his most recent movie Bo is Afraid was. I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's all over the place. That movie is just completely bizarre. Um, but I was always very I was like I want to know where this is going. I want and, and that movie is three hours long, but it clips along like it okay, doesn't feel as long. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I don't know your particular taste, but it was very it was a very weird and interesting movie. And Joaquin Phoenix is in that one, and he was he is fantastic in it. Like if if you have the stomach for something like hereditary like if you know you're not sensitive to like violence or things no um in in movies then uh then yeah cuz there there's some moments in Bo is afraid that are just like terrifying okay but and it's the, not a horror movie it's just it's all over the place and now into the um, mid to late 1980s which was a huge i mean again the slasher films and stuff from the late 70s and the 80s a huge time for horror with teenagers going to the movies and everything blah 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 child's those child's play 1 and yeah. child's play 2 what are your opinions yeah. on those so i actually rewatched uh, the first four child's oh, play movies okay. like last year or maybe two years ago. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I had seen child's play maybe a couple times when I was younger and yes. then rewatching it as an adult. Um, it's not my favorite, like of the franchises, it's not my favorite horror movie, but yeah, like it's, it was a lot better than I remembered and it, it went bigger too than I remembered. I didn't remember yeah. really ever leaving the apartment, like the doll trying to kill, um, I can't remember the lady's name, uh, but uh, the lady from Seventh Heaven, <laughs> the mom oh, yeah, from Seventh is, Heaven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, Child's Play two, I had never seen before, and that was a fun surprise. I thought that movie was like great. I, I, I actually, so I have Child's Play one on Blu-ray, but then I bought the 4K Blu-ray for Child's Play two when that came out a few months ago. Um, Child's Play three, I don't know if you've seen that one. I'm not we, as nuts we haven't about watched it. Watched that one yet? Yeah, I feel like two is kind of the high point. Uh, Child's Play is obviously a classic. The first one's a classic, but then I, I do feel like the sequel's really good. And then the fourth one is not good. Uh, it's, what is it, Bride of Chucky? But it's a fun one, and I feel like that's when it becomes more of a comedic okay. uh, franchise. And I haven't kept up with the whole thing, but like after that, I remember they were more like horror comedy than like... Um, the first one is more just like... It's like a killer doll movie, which right. is it's funny. It's got a sense of humor in some ways, but... Um, but yeah, well, anyway. you know, eventually Freddy Krueger fights the dream warriors. And then now we've wandered right. into See, some other zone <laughs> that as much of a horror buff as I am, I have not gone beyond the first nightmare movie. Never, I've, I've never. Yeah. Cause it's on terrible. my list. I, it's really weird because they're playing with like, what if you don't know what's real? So at least right. the lines between fantasy and, and sleep and the waking world are interesting, but right. No, and I, it's definitely, I've got the set and it's on my list to like, okay. to get there when I can. I love the first nightmare. Um, but yeah, I've just never, I think I was more of like a slasher guy. And so those movies are much more like, uh, yeah, kind of out there. They're, they're bigger effects and stuff like that. And so I guess I just hadn't been as interested. Um, but like the Friday, the 13th franchise I've watched, I don't know, five or six times all the way through at this point. Um, 
And those are just, for the most part, just straightforward. Like, there's a bit of supernatural, but for the most part, when you're watching them, it's a slasher film, so. It's interesting, because I think I prefer, and this is all taste, the monster Mm -hmm. and the supernatural, like, uh... Yeah, the monsters and the supernatural versus just the killer that it is difficult to kill. So give it like right. Michael Myers or Jason, like the killer that's difficult to kill. Just. Yeah, no, and I, I love a good I love a good monster. And like Freddy's obviously he's cool. He's great. I got no problem with Freddy. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I just I don't know. I just I never like finished that franchise or like person. And I also I haven't seen there's several Halloween movies that I haven't seen from that. Oh, uh, yeah, franchise. there's been a ton. I mean, did you? But yeah. It what it was so stupid, but like it was stupid in a good way. Like Jason in space when they t- it was like I think it's Friday Thirteenth yeah. Ten or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's so dumb. But like whatever, that's <laughs> yeah. Well, no. The, so I've I've seen all the Leprechaun films. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't seen all the Freddy films. Um, but yeah. Uh, what but is I'll your? Get there. They're on the shelf. Okay, f- forget the ones that are on the. Le- what is the formative? If you, I want to leave you to leave me with something. What is the formative horror movie? The one horror movie that. Not just maybe got you when you were a kid, but like you just think it's so good. So the one that pulled me into the genre, because I was a huge scaredy cat before this. Really? Um, okay. Was Scream. Uh, so I was, I think, 11 when I saw Scream. So I was a bit, probably a bit young. Yeah. But because it talked about all these other horror movies, it like, so I loved Scream. I watched it with a friend. At a so you watched it with almost other. zero to no understanding of like all the in stuff that these yeah. people were pitching around. Pretty much. Wow. I was probably aware, like I'd seen the cases at the video yeah. store, but I hadn't seen the films. And so, but what it, I think what it did was it made it, it made the genre something where I wasn't going to get scared by the movie. Like, I, and you, you know, just right at that age too. And it was like, well, now I've got to see what Jason, you know, he uh, was it Randy in Scream. He's talking about Jason. He's talking about the rules of a scary movie. I want to know more about that. And so I would, I, my mom and I watched Halloween and uh, The Shining and some stuff like that. Um and uh, but yeah, so that would be what pulled me into horror. Um, but you're saying like like all time hor- great horror film. Yeah, or? yeah. Is there one? So that one grabbed you, and I think that's fascinating that the scream was meta. So it's like it's talking about the horror genre, and that got you into it. Is there one that like in the ho- perfect example of horror? I mean, I probably just mentioned them. Actually, I didn't even think uh, The Shining. I think is a movie that is endlessly rewatchable and still kind of spooks me. Just like you know it just leaves you with this strange feeling. And I love, I love the way that movie makes me feel. Cause it's also cozy. Like I love the, the hotel and everything. Uh, but yeah, I would say in, in terms of sheer terror, probably the Texas chainsaw massacre, the original is you're, nobody's, nobody's ever going to beat that. It's just, uh, you know, that's, you know, um, it's so perfect in so many ways because you've all, you've kind of been through like some like small town highway or uh, like a rural highway, uh, you've seen the dilapidated barn and all that. And so you can very easily put yourself into that movie. And then it's just, it's just a crazy movie. 